What's up, everybody? What's up? Everybody's good? You're making a lot of noise? That's, that's what I like to do. get back to them. <laughs> it's good to see everybody. I'm super excited to be able to come and uh, tell you guys a little bit more about myself. Uh, I know I've talked to a lot of you guys, some of you guys. I've hung out with some of you guys. And, uh, sad. So some of you guys may know me, other you guys don't, but we're going to get into some good, juicy, personal detail. So... So like Pastor Stefan said, um, I'm kind of filling in a hole for Pastor Aaron Landry. Everybody knows Pastor Aaron? Most of everybody. <laughs> Jaden knows him. <laughs> Pastor Aaron left quite, quite a big hole for me to fill in, but if you'll notice, his, his name, Aaron Landry, and my name, Aaron Leonardi, are extremely close. You add an E and an O to his last name, and you get the same you, we have the same name, so we had, to make a, we had to make a nickname for me to clear up confusion, so we're going with Mr. Leo, so everybody say, what's up, Mr. Leo? What's up, Mr. Leo? Nothing much, thanks for asking. <laughs> so like I said, Pastor Aaron left a pretty big hole for me to fill. Um, he did a lot around here. He did so much that you guys may not have seen aside from leading worship, and it's only because of his work that he's put in and the people he's trained that I'm able to come here, hang out with you guys, and do my job well, and he made it a lot easier for me. Um, just hanging out with him at camp for like a week. He's like the coolest guy I know. Like he's awesome. I had so much time with him. Last service I said I fell in love with him, so I might have. I'm not sure. Still, still, still checking those emotions. I'm not sure if I said it on accident or not. I'd also like to take a minute and brag on the staff that I'm fortunate enough to work with. Uh, Pastor Stefan, Pastor Tommy, um, Pastor Tony, all the guys in the sound booth, the technical team, the band, they are amazing. I've never seen a staff and a church so after the heart of Jesus and so genuine. So it makes my job a lot easier and a lot, a lot more refreshing to be around. So let's give the staff a big round of applause. Thanks, bro. All right, so enough about you guys. It's time to talk about me. That's why we're all here, right? To learn about me and talk about me. So I was born into a Christian family. I was born in a Christian home with church-planting parents that loved me, that were supportive. I had a good family, an older brother, an older sister, um, who got married to Bryn Butts, who I'll talk about in a second, who had a big impact on my life. And uh, I was grown into a Christian family. I was a Christian at a young age, and that's what I was raised into. Um, I knew right from, from, from wrong. I made good decisions, didn't give my parents any trouble. Um, so at first, I was like, I don't really have a testimony. But it's really cool how God has worked in my life, and that's what I want to share with you guys today. So I'm sure a lot of you guys are thinking, man, this kid's amazing. He's never done anything wrong. He's awesome. Aren't you thinking that? Everybody's thinking that. Everybody's like, wow, this guy's amazing, right? Well, you're right. I am amazing. All right, just kidding. But I am very fortunate to grow up in a good home, and it had a huge impact on my life, and I don't know where I'd be without my family and the people around me. So growing up, like I said, I was a good kid, went to private school. I went to Cornerstone Prep Academy. Does anybody know that school? Do you go there? Do you go there? You don't go there? Okay, so I went there, and that's where I met Pastor Stefan. He was my basketball coach in like sixth grade or something. And uh, what was it, seventh, eighth grade? Eighth grade, okay. I don't remember. So uh, there I called him coach. I was just like, what's up, coach? But now we met and we're hanging out, so I know him better. So I'll talk about how I kind of met him and how I got here, and that's going to be a really cool story. So um, growing up, um, I left Cornerstone Prep, and I went to public school where I led worship for FCA on Friday mornings, and I played soccer. I love sports, so I'm going to get in some pictures of the life of Mr. Leo, bada bing. We're going to go into a sweet little dragon here. Wow. 
So there's my pastor from my home church dedicating me as a baby. So you can see I was, I was thrown right in the church, man. Like fresh out the womb, they threw me, they threw me on stage. My hair, relax, bro. Oh, you like it? All right. Here's my brother, Brian. Uh, we like cats. My whole family likes cats. We got three cats. I wish we had four. I'm just kidding. That's a little too much. But I do love cats. Cats are the bomb. I'm a cat guy, and I'm not ashamed to say it. What are y'all saying back there? I, I'm not ashamed. You heard me. Here's me, my first guitar. I didn't know what I was doing then, obviously, and uh, I don't even think I really got into guitar until like seventh grade. I grew up and started playing guitar, and um, here's me. I love sports. I can school anybody in basketball to this day. I'm sure you guys have seen that, right, Paul? Okay. Soccer. <laughs> so soccer, basketball, those were my sports. I played soccer in high school, and... Um, when I was in seventh grade, I started learning how to sing, how to really play guitar, and uh, Bryn Butts, which I'll, he's right here on the far right, he's a big boy, he used to lock me in my room and force me to learn how to sing. He'd be like, you're not coming out until you sing out loud where I can hear you. So he was like a lot of support, a lot of mo motivation. He actually gave me my first like, platform to lead worship at Cobb Vineyard Church, so that's where I started leading worship. That's my dad in the green and my brother on the far left, Brian. We were holding a cat earlier, and uh, so we're all grown up now, but we don't hold cats anymore, though. We're too tough for that. <laughs> so, guys, throughout my story, we're going to talk about three cool points that I've learned. Zoom right in here. Bam. Three things. Number one, God has a calling on your life. Two, the importance of honoring God with good morals and living in purity. And three, the importance of mentorship. So, number one, God has a calling on your life. We're going to go right into 2 Peter chapter 1, 10, and 11. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, for an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly in the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Y'all get that? So it's saying, make sure what God is doing, what he's calling to your life is sure. Make sure you're sure in it. So that way you will never stumble. You'll be given entrance to the everlasting kingdom of the Lord, Jesus creator of the heavens and the earth. It's so amazing, so powerful. So at a young age, I was called to worship leading. I learned how to play guitar in seventh grade, and it was like at Cornerstone. It was like a little worship class. They taught us worship songs. So early on, I, I clicked for me, and I, and I immediately started leading worship at my church, and I was called into worship so, so clear. People would come up to me, and they're like, man, I see visions of you leading in front of millions of people, and I'm like, oh, sweet, that's nice, and people are like, people are like, man, you're so, like, you're so anointed, there's so much blessing on your life, this and that, like, when, when I look at you, I see, I see Jesus through, through you, and I'm like, hey, I should grow up my hair then, so that's what I did, now I look like Jesus, <laughs> so I was called into worshiping at a, at a like, pretty young, I was, I was like in eighth, ninth grade, starting to lead worship, and uh, it was a lot of pressure. I was like, man, that's a lot. That's kind of, it made me nervous. That's a lot to live up to, anointings and um, like leading and, and leading people to Jesus. I was like, that's a lot of pressure. So there came a point where I took that and I submitted it to God and I gave it to God. I said, God, if this is what you want me to do, if this is you want, what you want to be sure in my life, then I will follow you. But I submit it to you and I give it to you and I allow you to make it happen. And at that point, 
My nervousness, my anxiety all went away, and life became a lot easier. Filling out those expectations that I had kind of put on me was a lot easier, and it wasn't about that anymore. It was just about serving God, and it became a lot easier, and uh, it was just great. So all that pressure kind of went away, and it was just so pure and so real to me to lead worship. So my second calling, the second thing I was called to, was this church right here. So I'll tell you guys how I, I got here. Before, let's see, like four years ago, I was at Sparkles. You guys been there? Sparkles, yeah. Sparkles Family Fun Center, the roller rink. I worked there for, I worked there for two years. I did everything in the, th- in, the, in, the, uh, in the place, but I was like the DJ. I was like, you know, I'd be behind the desk playing music. I'd go skate around, like whist- blow my whistle at people. So that was, that was kind of a terrible job, but it's a fun place for the most of you who think so, right? It's fun to go there and skate, but it's not all that much fun to work there. Trust me, so. Actually, you know what? If you guys want a job, go to Sparkles. It's a good place to work. But, you'll, you'll, but I'll tell you this. After a year or so, you're going to hate it. You're going to want to move on. I don't regret it, but I'm glad I'm not there anymore. So after that, I went to Lowe's. And um, at Lowe's, I just got, I, was, I, was, uh, I worked there for two years. I was working in the paint department. I was a paint guy. People would ask me advice about their walls and stuff, and I'm like... I don't know if you want to like, depend all that on me because I don't know what I'm doing back here. I don't know why they throw me in this department, but that's where I was for two years. And there came a point where I got really stagnant. There came a point where I was really just, I felt like I was stuck where I was. I was leading worship at my church, and I felt like I needed more experience. I needed room to grow. I needed more experience in worship leading. That way, in the future, when I go to plant a church, when I go to accept a, a bigger job in a worship, I'll be ready. And I felt like I wasn't where I wa- where I, I wasn't ready where I was at the point. So the first thing I do is I go to my church because God made this so heavily clear to me. He made it so like my, my heart was yearning for it. I wanted it so bad. So uh, the first thing I do is I go to my church and I'm like, hey, I don't want to work at Lowe's anymore because it's awful. And I was like, I want to lead worship. That's what I'm passionate about. So can you guys provide that for me? Set up this big old meeting. Long story short, they said no very politely. And um, so let me, let me stop there. So I go to my church. They say no. It's important to know about callings that, it's, that you need to give God the control, that when there's a calling place on your life, you've got to give it to God. You've got to give God the control, and you have to be okay with his control, because I'm telling you right now, there's no fast track to what God has called you to do. So I get this in my, in my heart, and I'm, I'm, like, excited. So I try to force it. I try to look at other options. You know, I start asking my church. They said no, so I go somewhere else, and I hit dead ends. And, like, I'm, I'm trying to force it and make it get on a fast track. And I realize that that can't happen. So I started writing. Not writing. I wish I wrote a book. I started reading a book. <laughs> I'm about, like, I don't know, halfway through it. I, I, uh, I, I love the book. It's a great book. So I suggested it to Pastor Stefan, and within, like, three days, this man's writing a six-week sermon on it, and I haven't even finished it, still to this day, but it's like, it's like my life goal. It's on the bucket list, so I hope I'll, I'll finish one. So I learned some cool stuff from it. It's by uh, Banning Liebscher. In the book, there's a quote that says, if you don't have all the components of your foundation, then when God adds the weight of your calling and vision to your life, your foundation won't sustain it. So he's saying it's so important to give every step of the way to God and not find a fast track because when you are in the future and you try to skip everything and find your way to it, you're not, your, your foundation, what God was building up in your life, isn't going to be able to hold the weight of what he put in it. 
So he kind of represents this by um, sharing the story of David. So David was called by God to take kingship over Saul. So there comes a point in the story where Saul's sleeping, and they're like, yo, just shank him right now, kill him, and you can get the kingship right away, just like that. Just kill him, he's asleep, nobody will know, you can get the kingship. And Saul said, no, here's what he said in verse 9. I won't touch the Lord's anointed. If the Lord wants to kill Saul, he can kill him himself, but I won't do it. So the book explains that David was not fully, his foundation was not fully developed at this point. So if he had killed Saul, he wouldn't have been ready for what God called him to. So since he followed after God and listened to God and allowed God to make the steps in his life, he was ready when the time came. So you have to know that everything is for a reason. Everywhere you are, when you get to a point and you're working part-time, or you're in school and you hate it, you're like, I hate school, I want to drop out of school, or you're at work and you're like, I don't want to work anymore, this is boring, you get stagnant, you can't rush what's going on in your life because you have to submit it to God because everything he's doing is for a reason. You have to give him that control so that your foundation can become strong for what he is bringing to in your life. You have to be patient. So rewind to my story when my church said no. I was super disappointed. I was like, it wasn't making any sense to me. I was like, God, why would you put this passion so heavily in my heart and then deny it and not open the door when I walk up to it? I was so confused and I was so frustrated. So I remembered, I started reading this book and I remember what God was telling me and what, what we're called to really do and that is to submit it and give him control. So I remembered that and I said, God, I'm sorry. If you want me at Lowe's for the rest of my life, that's where I'll stay. And I'll serve joyfully at Lowe's behind the paint desk, mixing paint, if that's what you want. And I'll lead worship, you know, as much as I am now, if that's what you're calling me to do in this moment. So it was like when I got to that mindset when I wrap my head around that and submitting it and giving the control to God, that's when he opened the door. It was like he told me, thank you for giving me control. Thank you for not trying to do things by yourself anymore and allowing me to move in your life. So when I got to that point, I'm telling you days after, like a week or so, Pastor Stefan walks through the door of Lowe's. My old basketball coach from seventh grade, I haven't seen in eighth grade, I haven't seen in eight years. I haven't seen him in forever. He's walking through the door. I'm like, man, this is weird. I haven't seen this guy in a while. So I go up to him, like, give him some advice on paint rollers, and we start catching up and talking. I'm like, you remember me? And so we, we get talking, and um, I actually asked him, I said, you remember who I am? He said, yeah, Sam Hardy? I was like, no. <laughs> Maybe you're not who I thought you were. No, Sam Hardy was the other, like, he's like my best friend now to this day. He's also a worship leader. He was also on the team, so he just confused us too. I was like, no, I'm, I'm the other kid who was on your team. He was like, oh, Aaron Leonardi. So he, he remembered me. So it was cool. He asked me, what am I doing? What's going on in your life? And I said, well, I lead worship at Coppinger Church, and I work here at Lowe's. And um, he was like, well, let's meet up. And I'm like, all right, cool, let's, let's catch up. So we go to Chick-fil-A, and I start opening my heart to him, telling him that I feel stagnant where I am. God is calling to me to more, and it just so happens that he needed a worship leader. So it wasn't until I submitted that to God, until I gave God the control, that Pastor Stefan's walking through the door. I'm like, God, provide for me. I give it up, I give it to you, I submit it to you, I give you control, and he's like, thank you, here's, your, here's what you're asking for, and it'll be given. <sighs> so, my third point, oh wait, second point. Second point, oh, that's a recap. Repent, submit your lives to God, sweet. <laughs> My second point, the importance of honoring God with good morals and living in purity. 
So let me rewind to when I was like kind of younger before all that stuff, how I got here. Now y'all know how I got here. There came a point in my life where I was like looking around and seeing everybody live however they wanted, make whatever decisions they wanted. I'm over here making the good, good decisions, staying away from alcohol, foul language, all that kind of stuff. And I see my friends do whatever they want. I'm like questioning God, like what, 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 why am I living how I'm living? Why, why do I have to live this way? Why can they live however they want? They seem happy. They seem like they're living a good life. Like, why, why, what, what, am, what am I gaining from this and living this way? So I started to question my decisions, to question my position in life. So then God kind of responded a little bit like this in this verse. He says, have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the heavens of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, his understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I mean, it's like, dang. That's who I'm serving. The creator of the heavens and the earth. That's who I'm living for. That's why I'm making good decisions. Because when I live with Christ, when I live in purity, I get a, I'm flying on an eagle, baby. Straight through the sky, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's what it is. We're lifted up. Jesus pours into our life. He gives us anointings. Oh, sorry. Oh, not that way. So then Matthew 5, 8 just backs it up and says, Those who live in purity, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So you live in purity, you make these good decisions, you don't let the enemy get behind you and say, you don't have to live like this, look at everybody else, they're living however they want, they're having a good time, they're going out with their friends, getting drunk. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart, they shall see God. That's what we get when we make good decisions and when we live with God in control. We get to see him. We get to experience the creator of the heavens of the earth. So guys, it's so important to live in purity because God pours into that. Oh, oh. God honors you and pours into your life when you live in a purity. He gives back and he appreciates it and there's anointing, there's blessing. When I spend time in prayer, when I spend time in the word, my worship is so different. I came from a place where they didn't really push me to pray all that kind of stuff. I came here, and Pastor Tom's like, yo, you're praying an hour a day. And I'm like, whoa, that's crazy. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, watch, though. Watch what'll happen. Watch what happens in your worship. It's so true. When I take time off now, I'm like, I miss my days. I'm, I'm, I'm whack. It's so important to stay in and surround yourself with Jesus Christ, which brings me to my third point. The whale. We're just going to stop and look at the whale because it's freaking sweet. <laughs> Boom. Third point, the importance of mentorship. So you got to remember, when I was young, or I have to remember, I have to remind myself that when I was young, the only reason that I was able to make good decisions, to live in purity, was because of the people I had in my life to look up to. I was so blessed by Jesus with people who live in purity, my father, my brother, people at my church, people I could look up to, mentors at church. These were people that lived in purity that I could set, that, that could set examples for me. 
And that's so important to find people who live in purity and surround yourselves with them. One example was with my brother. I would, uh, my brother grew up, he never took a sip of alcohol. He never drank. And I was like, dang, dude, like, that's, gotta, like, that's impressive. I mean, we live in a world of sin. Everybody is falling into that. I was like, how do you do that? He's like, I don't care to. So he went his whole life without taking a sip of alcohol. So I would grow up, and I'm like, you know, I wanted that. I wanted that. I thought that was cool. I, I was like, that's, that's impressive that he was able to achieve that. So I set that goal for myself, and people would ask me, Aaron, why don't you drink? Why don't, like, it's, it's nice, blah, 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 blah. And I'd be like, my brother did it. Why can't I? So it's so important to have people in your life who live in purity so that you can be motivated to do the same. These people are people that you have to appreciate and want the same goals as them. That way, you can also live in purity, and they can help you along the way because we can't do things alone. Now, you can't get caught up in people because people are imperfect. There's no one perfect on earth. That's why your number one mentor above all else has to be Jesus Christ. You have to surround yourself with Jesus as much as you do with the people around you, with these people that you put in your life. So it's so important. For 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. When we surround ourselves with Jesus Christ, we have a sound mind, no longer fear. We're given strength. He makes us strong against the enemy, and temptation is much less of a problem when we live with Jesus, and that's the truth, man. So we're going to wrap it up with a final question in the mouth of the fish. Get in, get in there, dog. My final question to you guys is I want you to look into your heart and I want you guys to analyze who are you? Nice. Just told me his name. Taking all things literal around here. Who are you? I guys, guys there's, there's two kinds of people. There's people who live in purity. I guess there's not necessarily two. I mean, they're kind of like extreme, so there's not two kinds of people. But you can relate to one or the other. There's people who live in purity. There's people who make good decisions. And people like that, that's who the enemy wants. He's going to come into your head and he's going to say, why are you living like that? You don't have to live like that. You can live however you want. And he's going to question you. But I, have to, I want to encourage you guys that the reason you're living as impurity is because, one, it's what you're called to do. And two, God pours into that. And life is so much more simple and clear and easy with Jesus Christ in your life. So do not let the enemy get behind you and tell you otherwise. So then we got other people who have a hard time making decisions. Maybe you were raised under different circumstances. Maybe you didn't have people like I did, and you were fortunate enough to have people who live in purity to look up to, and it's a little harder for you to make good decisions. So I want to speak to you guys, and I want to tell you, you're missing out. You're missing out on Jesus Christ. You're missing out on blessings, anointings, flying on eagles, baby. I mean, that's what you're missing out on. You guys have to... Wrap yourself around Jesus Christ and surround yourself with him. Because if you don't, you're in a world of hurt. It's a lot harder to live that way. So I'm going to have the leaders come up. Whoever wants to pray, man. Oh, dang. We equipped. <laughs> Maybe we can get some nice music going. Oh, gee, my boy. So guys, I hope this could have spoke to you in some way.
I know I was here. I was at a point. I was, you know, the first one. I had, I had questions. I had doubts. And I forgot who I was serving. And I just needed that strength. I needed that encouragement in my life to continue pursuing God and not allow the enemy to get behind me. And I know it's hard to make good decisions sometimes. But you have to get the understanding and the wisdom of what God can do in your life when you live in purity. So I'm going to leave kind of like a moment of silence. You guys can bow your heads now. <laughs> At this point, you guys are welcome to come up. I'm going to pray real quick and get prayer, and we'll kind of transition out. If you're one of those two people that spoke to you in any way, and you need that encouragement, you need that guidance, come up and just say, that's what I need. And we'll pray over you. And God can move in your heart right now. God, I pray that you work through our hard heads, Jesus, and our closed hearts, God. That right now you, you would remove pride and insecurities, God. God, and you would allow us to step up to what you're calling us to do. God, that we would no longer live in fear but in power, God, that we would have a sound mind, Jesus. God, I pray if anyone in here is feeling this, God, that they would just stand up in boldness and seek prayer, seek answers to seek you, Jesus, so they can see the restoration in their life and the purity and the clarity of everything they do, God. God, I pray we wouldn't forget who you are. God, we wouldn't forget your power and your love for us, your unending love for us, Jesus. God, that we would live in a way that represents that love, God, that others would see it and they'd want it, Jesus. Amen.